Welcome to The Mental Checkout, where we believe we are all leaders and we're all trying to live our best lives. Where we provide store therapy and mindful retail, bringing you other perspectives to help you get through not only your workday, but everyday ideas to help you along your own journey. If you find this podcast helpful, do me a favor, like, follow, and share with your friends and family, because remember, we are all CEOs. Let's get started. Welcome to the first episode of The Mental Checkout. I'm Shannon Michaels. I'm a coach, a speaker, a mother of three, a grandmother of four, or Grammy as they call me. I'm a huge mental health advocate, and I'm a God-fearing entrepreneur. I tell you that not to make you think I'm going to preach to you for the next 30 minutes, but we're going to talk a lot about perspectives, and I really want you to know where mine's coming from. I specialize in retail convenience stores. I've been in the industry for 25 years, and for the last 15 years, I have been studying and researching mental health. If there was a book on self-help or leadership that I could read, I was reading it. If there was classes or seminars that I could attend, I was there. Whether it was in West Virginia for work at a week-long leadership academy or taking Dale Carnegie in Washington, D.C. during the weekend with Oprah or just jumping around screaming for three days with Tony Robbins, I made sure to get a lot of different perspectives on leadership and self-help. And now I've developed my own. When I took Dale Carnegie, they had this saying, and I never understood it back then. And I remember thinking how odd it was. The saying is, businessmen that can't fight worry die young. I now understand that saying, and believe me, it is true. Even with all my studying and my research, I kept finding myself falling below the line more and more, and I was staying there longer and longer. I was coming home so angry and frustrated and just mentally drained. I even picked up new taglines at work like, you guys, this is not real. Or what made you think that was a good idea? Or how about this one? Are you flipping kidding me? And flipping was not my word of choice. I was getting so frustrated going to work because every day I was having to fight negative thinking, bad perceptions, and just really unhappy people. And actually, even when I was out at other businesses or visiting with other leaders or just having coffee with my girlfriends, listening to their day, it was so noticeable that we are all mentally checked out. And that's how I came up with the mental checkout. I decided I can continue to walk around complaining and being part of the problem, or I could try and be part of the solution. I want to use this first episode to tell you how I want to use this platform and a little bit about my own journey and how my retail and self-help journey really collided because I know exactly how, when, and who I had my own ha moment. 
My retail journey started in 1998 at my local come and go in a small town in Montana. I worked for this corporation for 15 years. I started as a cashier and I left as a district supervisor. I really love retail. Um, I think it's because it's so fast paced and it's always changing every day. You definitely can't get bored in this industry. I truly feel so blessed with my time at Come and Go for all the lessons that I learned, not only about the industry, but about myself. And I truly believe I learned retail from the best. The mentors that I got at my time at Come and Go, a lot of them are my mentors still to this day. I was fortunate enough to work for two generations uh, of Come and Go, and they had very different leadership styles. So I got to pick and choose from two styles to develop my own. I worked for Bill Krause, one of the founders, and he was an amazing leader, and he was really good with people, but not in the way that you would expect. He was very black and white, and he could be very harsh, but you always respected his rawness, and I think it's because you always knew where you stood with him. You never had to guess. He was really good at um, growing my accountability and he had a way that when he left, you knew he cared about you and he just wanted you to do and be better. Then I got to work for the next generation, Kyle. He was also a great leader. He was really good at taking us into the uh, technology world. He was also a great example of perceptions and how we can all be looking or working for the same company and see things very differently. For years after Kyle uh, took over, all you heard was how Mr. Krause was all about people and Kyle was all about numbers and titles. And that's how the front line really perceived it. That's how they were really seeing it. And I really had to stop and look back and kind of reflect it, to get a new perspective on what was going on at that time. And really, the world was shifting. We were entering into the technology world, and Kyle had a lot more data coming at him than Mr. Krause. And honestly, Mr. Krause, he used to teach me how to clean the front doors every time I seen him. He would always tell me he wanted his front doors cleaned and not only the glass, but like the window, the seal, the, oh, what is it? You know, like all the edging around it. He wanted all of that cleaned. He used to call it his threshold. He would tell me, Shannon, it's like having company come to your house and you're not cleaning the ba bathroom or the entryway. So he really wanted his threshold clean for his guests. Can you imagine what he would make us do if he had a machine that would tell you how many Snicker bars were in the building? I cannot even imagine. We would have been counting for days. And with all the technology being front and center and thrown in Kyle's face, it's no wonder why numbers were a focus to him. And when he when people said that he wasn't about people, 
I also believe now that back then it was the time where HR departments were just becoming a thing and people were suing you for every little thing that you said or did. And he really had to raise our professionalism in the company just to protect it. It was just a different time and he entered into a different way of leadership. So I think he did a great job pushing the company into a new season of the world. I think corporations get a bad rap, even me. The reason why I left is because I wanted to start a company that was all about people and no titles. I now know that's not even possible. Even during the paperwork to start my company, I had to have titles. And the bigger you get, you really need one person overseeing something because if you drop the ball in this industry on the slightest thing, it can really flip you upside down. And the other thing is there is so many people and different perspectives that you cannot please everyone. But what I can tell you is I do not believe for one minute that our staff is getting up and saying, well, I better go to work today and suck. And I can also promise you, I do not believe that these CEOs, these owners of these corporations or any business for that matter, they are not getting up every day saying, let's see how many people we can make miserable today. It's a bad perception. And I'm hoping that I can bridge the gap or at least bring different perspectives to the table. Come and Go used to have these things called store tours, and they had it once a year. It was about nine office executives. They would come visit your store and tour the markets. Usually it was one of the owners that would come, your VP, some category managers, and some marketing people. On one particular store tour, it really changed my life and it started my love for what I called back then self-help. It was my turn uh, for store tours and I was really excited about this one because Mr. Krauss was coming and we always had a special connection. He used to always tell me I was going to be a star and what I really think it was is at the time, I was married to a farmer and he really loved farming. He would randomly call us uh, throughout the year to see how the family was doing, see how the farm was doing, see what Lonnie had planted for the year. This tour, I had to pick everybody up and mine it at the airport and we were going to go and look at my markets. And I remember this so clearly, you guys. I drove a white Suburban and I remember it like it was yesterday. Mr. Cross got in the passenger seat and the rest piled him back. And on our way, Mr. Cross started making small talk. Like he was asking how the family was doing and of course the farm. So I was answering very generically too. The family was great. The farm was doing good. But inside, it wasn't the truth. I was miserable my life was a complete mess. And not only that, but I was getting divorced. I had so much respect for Mr. Krause that I didn't want to tell him. 
And I don't know if it was because I didn't want him to think of me as a failure or if it was because I didn't want him to think or say that I was not going to be his star. I don't know if I was a bad actor or if Mr. Krauss just had a sixth sense. He knew when you were lying and he would pull it out of you by asking you questions. You know those questions, those questions you ask people, but you really already know the answer. So I finally told him I was getting divorced and the car got so quiet, you could cut the air with a knife. He asked me what was going on and when I think back now, it's funny, for the thousand things that I did wrong in my marriage versus the two that my husband did, I was going to use those two and tell the story. How I was the victim and my husband had done me wrong. And However, when I started to tell him the story, Mr. Krause would stop me in mid-sentence and he would say, well, what did Shannon do there? And it would trip up my thought process. I would defend myself and then I would start again. And again, he would stop me and say, well, what did Shannon do right there? I was getting so embarrassed because remember, I'm in a suburban full of mainly strangers. And I was getting really frustrated. And it must have shown because my VP in the back seat even tried helping me out of the situation. But Mr. Krause wasn't having it. The problem was that Mr. Krause was not letting me tell the story that I had developed in my head. And I don't know if you've ever told a story where you're the only character and the villain, but your story sounds very, very different. And I challenge you to try telling a story that you feel you're stuck on and only tell your actions and see if you pick up another perspective. But the worst thing that we can do is lie to ourselves. That is the most dangerous lie there is, is the lies that we tell ourselves. I still, to this day, don't know why I did not get mad or quit my job or leave him in Tioga for that matter. Because back then, that is all I knew how to do. That was my go-to. When something was uncomfortable, you just quit doing it. I didn't know how to have hard conversations, but either way, that's not what happened. Instead, it it sparked a fire in me. I wanted to figure out why I thought and did the things I did. And that episode, that tour was really the start of my curiosity for self-help, or I should say what I called self-help. I no longer believe in self-help. I believe God puts people on your path to help you through your journey. Like Mr. Krause, I believe that God knew he was the only person that I would sit and listen to at the time and not kick out of my car. He was on that trip to give me the aha moment that I needed. I do believe in self-development. I think it's very important that we push ourselves. I believe in self-discipline and self-control, and I'm a firm believer in choices and that all of our choices come with consequences. 
I had another great friend in my life, and she's still in my life to this day. She was on her own journey. She was actually an Al-Anon coach back then. And I know that I met her and God had put her in my path to help me along my journey. She really guided, encouraged me, and really challenged me on my own journey. She bought me my first books and she taught me how to journal. Reading was really hard for me because I was a busybody and it was hard to sit still long enough to read. So I learned little workarounds because I really wanted to get better. So I would sit and read only when I was in the bathtub. Pretty soon, my baths were two hours long. I had to add hot water and I'd get out looking like a raisin. I would sit, I would lay in there and read the books and I'd be like, hey, I do that. Hey, this happened to me. It really got me thinking and reflecting on my own journey and on my own past. Then she had me start journaling and oh, that was horrible for me. I was always so scared that someone would find my journal and read my crazy thoughts. So I would journal, but then I would rip it up. Then I would journal again, and then I would rip it up. I did that for years. The start was so hard for me because it wasn't my normal, and it did not come naturally. But I really was determined, and I was fascinated on the things that I was learning. And I could really start noticing uh, some differences But for a long time, that's all I could do was notice. Now I'm able to notice and I'm able to redirect. The other thing that really helped me, I think, in the beginning was I loved quotes. And I read that book, uh, The Power of Positive Thinking. And I wrote down all these positive quotes and I hung them all over my house. I would put them on the mirrors, in the shower, in the cupboard doors. I even put it on the toilet lid. You could not leave my house without having a positive thought. I'm pretty sure at this point, my family thought I was crazy, but I really didn't care. Like I said, I could tell that it was working. And it's still to this day, for as many years as I've been doing it, it doesn't come naturally. I have to work on it and make it a priority every single day. And I know a lot of you are thinking, Shannon, motivation does not last for me. And to you, I say, either do baths. That's why we recommend that you take them daily. You have to feed yourself every single day. You can be on the right path in life and still get ran over if you stay there. We are made to grow Now, when I look back at that story that I told you about Mr. Krause um, and my divorce, I see it very differently. It should have been no surprise that I was going to get divorced in my lifetime because I had been around divorce my whole life. And although to my husband and his family, it was devastating because in his world, they had longtime marriages and divorce was rare if even heard of and my normal and where I was the most comfortable 
was when things get hard, you run or leave. And in my life, if things weren't hard, I would make them hard. I was my worst, my own worst enemy. I read this book and uh, it was actually an article and it says, if you put a shark in a fish tank, it will grow eight inches. And if you take that same shark and you put it in the ocean, it will grow eight to 12 feet. A shark will never outgrow its environment and either do we. And that is how I think perceptions get all mixed up. You know how people always say to surround yourself with like-minded people? And I totally agree with that for your inner circle. And actually, you have to be around like-minded people because you would have nothing in common. But I also believe that if you only hang around like-minded people, you only watch the same news channel or listen to the same podcast you really only have one way of thinking. And the worst part about it is it's your normal. So you don't even know. We, we're we so good at challenging other people's perspectives, but I really encourage you to challenge your own thoughts and your own feelings. We do not have to believe, nor should we believe, everything that we tell ourselves. And I'm not saying that you have to believe or not believe everything you see, hear, or do. But what I am saying is the more that you see, hear, and do, the more options you have to choose from when you need to make a decision or a choice. And that is really what I want to use this platform for. I want to bring us more perspectives on all the questions and problems that we're facing in today's work environment so that we can make good decisions. I want to interview frontline workers and talk to CEOs and hear situations that are happening daily. I want to bring you my mentors and I want to talk to yours. You guys, we are already getting the best questions, and I'm so excited to get this podcast launched and our training sessions going. I want to hear the problems that we're facing, not only in our work lives, but in our everyday lives, because for some reason, we tend to bleed them together. So whether you lead a team of 100 or you're a mother of two, I really believe we're all leaders and we're all the CEO of our own lives. And I want to leave us and conclude today with some food for thought. What if we stop labeling ourselves? What if we stop letting the world label us? What if we are not sick and depressed and anxious and broken? What if we are victorious? We are righteous and we are perfectly made. Let's chew on that till we visit again. Hey, it's Shannon, and I just want to thank you for your gift of your time. It's the one thing that we cannot get back. I want to remind us all today that we are not broken. We are perfectly made. And if this podcast has helped you at all, 
please like, follow, and share. And be sure to go check out our website at thementalcheckout.com. And if you're going through a situation and you would like another perspective, email them in to shannon at thementalcheckout.com.